I want to talk about boundaries today. And I want to talk about boundaries for two very important reasons. The first is that no matter who you are and what kind of life you live, it almost certainly involves other people. And other people can absolutely ruin your life without boundaries. Intentionally, unintentionally, doesn't matter. If you don't have healthy boundaries, other people are going to have an undue influence on your life and they can royally mess everything up for you. The second reason I want to talk about boundaries is that most people do not understand boundaries. Most people don't know what boundaries are for. Most people don't know what healthy boundaries look like. Most people don't even understand the absolute basic fundamental principles of what we call psychosocial boundaries. That's what I'm going to break down for you today. The first thing I want you to know right off the bat is that boundaries have nothing to do with changing the behavior of other people. Boundaries will not change other people's behavior. I don't care how healthy your boundaries are. I don't care how assertive you are. You cannot control other people. You need to know that and you need to accept that right away. Boundaries are for controlling yourself. That is what they are for. Essentially, your boundaries are the rules by which you choose to live your own life. You cannot set the rules for other people. You cannot force other people to play by your rules. What you can do is tell people what will happen if they violate your rules. What will the consequences be? How will it change your relationship with them? How will it change what you're willing to do with them or for them? but you cannot force them to accept your boundaries. You cannot force them to live by your boundaries. So let's talk about the three basic functions of your psychosocial boundaries. The first function is to determine what you will let in from other people. So if you think of your psychosocial boundaries as being analogous or similar to your living space. So most likely you have your own living space, whether that is a room in somebody else's house, whether that's an apartment, whether that's a single family home, you have some little part of this world that is designated as yours. And most likely everything in that space that belongs to you also belongs to you. Your belongings, your property, your valuables are contained inside of the space. And everything outside of it, almost all of it, probably with one or two exceptions here and there, almost nothing outside of your boundary belongs to you. And so the boundaries of your living space, the, the walls or whatever they may be, those form the delineation of what in this world belongs to me and what in this world does not belong to me. Your psychosocial boundaries serve the same purpose because there is a nearly unlimited array of values and perspectives and and beliefs and, and lifestyles out there. And at some point you have to make a decision which of those are gonna belong to you and which of those are you gonna let other people have. In other words, you have to decide what rules you wanna play by and what rules you think do not serve you. And once you have the ability to do that, your your boundary allows you to continue to live by your own values, to live by your own rules, and to believe what you believe, even when you're in the presence of other people who think or believe different things or who act differently. When I was younger, and I include adolescence in that, I had absolutely no concept of what boundaries were. 
And so whatever opinions or ideas were expressed in my proximity, they became my ideas. I, I Essentially, I couldn't think for myself. I, I could, but if someone told me that I was wrong, even if I wasn't wrong, or even if it was something that was completely subjective, I would override my belief with their belief. So like if I found this new band, dumb example, but it, it, it'll get the point across. I find some new band that I'm really excited about. And I show one of my friends, I said, check this out. This is so good. He listens to it and he's like, this is crap. I might I might say something like, yeah, I know I'm, I'm, I'm just messing with you. I don't actually like this band. I, I, my boundaries weren't strong enough to allow me to enjoy something that someone around me didn't enjoy. I felt like I had to mold myself to their values, their perspectives, their, their rules. I couldn't be me. I couldn't have anything about me be different than the people around me. I felt like that would be a liability or like an invitation to get rejected if I didn't just override everything inside of me with whatever was in other people around me. And so that's one of the things that your boundaries can help you do is they can help you hold on to what belongs to you what matters to you, even when you're around people who don't believe in those same things. Actions and lifestyle choices are going to be another area where this comes into play and becomes really important. If you don't have healthy boundaries, you're going to do whatever the people around you are doing, even if you know that's not a healthy choice for me. That's not something that's good for my mental health. That's not something that's good for my relationships. And again, I had this problem growing up too. I would literally just do whatever the people around me were doing. Sometimes I didn't know if it was a good idea or not. Sometimes I was 100% aware what I am doing right now is stupid. This could get me in trouble. This could hurt me. This could kill me. This could ruin my life. I, I did things knowing, knowing all of those things that I just said to you because my boundaries were not intact, because my boundaries were not strong enough. I wasn't able to say no. I wasn't able to say, you guys can do that, but that's not for me. I wasn't able to say, that's not a part of my lifestyle. That's not something I'm interested in. That doesn't align with my values or with my goals. I just went along with everything. And if you don't have healthy boundaries, you will do the same thing and it can really screw up your life. So your boundaries allow you to look at whatever else is going on around you, whether that's what people are saying, what people are doing, what people believe in. Having healthy boundaries allows you to look at all of that and consider it without instantly making a decision about it. Uh, I mentioned earlier that my boundaries used to be very weak and I would take everything in. Some people actually have the opposite problem. Some people have boundaries that are like a medieval castle and they find it almost impossible to take anything in. And that can actually be a problem too, because then there's never any opportunity for growth or change or intimacy or closeness. So a healthy boundary in the context of letting things in basically allows you to take a moment to consider before you make a decision. We don't really want to automatically make a decision about things. We don't want to automatically take things in. We also don't want to automatically reject things. We want to ask questions before we make a decision. And some of the questions you should be asking yourself to determine if you want to let something into your space are, does this align with my goals? In other words, if I do this thing, or if I adopt this belief, 
does that move me or do I think, you know, there's always going to be a little bit of prediction or projection involved in this. Do I think that will move me closer to the places I'm trying to get in my life? How will this affect my mental health? Do I think that this is something that's going to reduce my symptoms of depression? Do I think this is something that's going to reduce my symptoms of anxiety? Is this something that's going to make me more effective in therapy? Is this something that's going to make me more likely to take my medication? Or is this something that's going to get in the way? Is this something that's going to worsen my mental health? Is this going to be a barrier to treatment? Does it align with other experiences that I've had? Does, does this idea make sense to me in the context of the unique life that I have lived, the memories that I have, the experiences I've been through, does this thing out there match what is in here? And if it does, then maybe it has a place inside of your boundary. Then maybe this idea or, or this opportunity that this other person is offering you, maybe you should take that in. Maybe it has value to you. Maybe it's something that could help you. Maybe it's something that could benefit you. But if the answers to some of those questions I just gave or other similar questions that you might ask yourself are no, then this thing that you're being offered probably does not have a place in your boundary. So I know I'm mixing metaphors a little bit and that can be dangerous, but another way to think of your boundary is, is that it's kind of like an ecosystem. So you go to any part of the world and it's it's some certain ecosystem, right? And there's a sort of a, a predetermined set of you know plants and animals and, and there's a climate there and they all kind of work, right? They, they have some degree of harmony. They have a food chain, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And if you introduce a new species of plant or animal into that ecosystem, sometimes it will enhance the health of the ecosystem and sometimes it will destroy the ecosystem. So like goofy example, but I'm a fisherman. So this is the kind of stuff that comes up for me. Um, Asian carp, Asian carp are something that we kind of have a problem with here in the United States at the moment. They are not native to the United States. They got introduced to our waterways and now they are kind of taking over and they are destroying habitat and they're taking food and resources away from native species that belong here. So they are really messing up or destroying this ecosystem that once existed. Something that wasn't inside of it initially came into it and dramatically stirred things up for the worse. That's what I want you to be mindful of in your interactions with other people. I want you to be mindful of the possibility of letting something into your ecosystem that will disrupt it. And that could be a comment made by another person. That could be a job. I mean, it could be literally anything, right? I'm just throwing out examples here. But anything that is offered to you by another person, try your best not to have an automatic response to it. Try to take a moment to consider what this is before you make a decision about it. And when I say something that is offered to you, I know people don't always phrase things that way, but everything, every interaction you have with another person, every statement they make to you, every perspective they share with you is something that they are offering to you because they cannot force you to take it in. No one can force you to accept their worldview or their reality. Whatever your favorite band in the world is, if someone comes up to you and says, hey, that, that band's garbage, they cannot force you to believe that, right? And if that does not align with your experience or your values, your boundaries are what allow you to audibly hear that perspective, but maintain a wall between those words and what you consider to be truth and keep it outside of your wall. 
not take it in and have it change what you think and what you feel and what you believe. So, and it can help to reframe things that people say to you in your mind as an offering. So if someone says, hey, you're a loser, I instantly retranslate that into this person thinks I am a loser and they are offering me the opportunity to join them in that perspective. Maybe that sounds a little goofy, but doesn't it feel a little different? If someone says you're a loser, they're saying it with conviction, right? They're saying it like it's a demonstrably true statement, which of course it is not because that's a completely subjective word to begin with. But if they said to you, personally, I believe that you are a loser. And I want to know if you want to think that too. Doesn't it feel a little bit easier to kind of put the brakes on that and think about it and say, I don't think I want to join you in that. I don't see value in that for me. I don't see how adopting your perspective is going to be beneficial to me in my life. I don't see how that's going to move me forward towards my goals. I don't see how that's going to help me with my mental health. I don't see how that's going to strengthen my relationships. So thank you for the offer, but I'm going to pass. You can keep it because I'm not responsible for what's in your boundary. I'm not responsible for changing your mind. I'm just not going to take it. And don't miss that last part. That is super important. You don't have to change their mind. You don't have to convince them that they're wrong because that is the contents of their boundary. They have their own space in this world too. And inside that person's space is all their stuff. And you might think that some of their stuff is crap, right? Like, have you ever walked into somebody's house and been like, uh, what is happening here? I don't understand this decor. I, I don't understand this front. Like, you might think someone's house is hideous, right? But it's not your problem. It's not your house. Those aren't, those aren't your belongings. It, it isn't your problem. Other people's boundaries, what the contents of other people's boundaries are not your problem. Someone thinks your favorite band sucks, not your problem. Someone thinks you suck, not your problem. That's their property. That is no, that is no more importance or value to you in your life than what car they drive or what clothes they're wearing. It's not yours. It doesn't matter. It has no relevance to your life. The only thing that has relevance to your life is what is inside of your boundary. And you get to decide what goes in there. Do not let other people rearrange your boundary. It belongs to you and it exists for you. The second function of your boundary is to keep things in. In other words, you do not owe the contents of your boundary to another person. You don't have to tell people what you think. You don't have to tell people what you feel. You don't have to tell people what you've been through. You are not obligated to share what is inside of your boundary with other human beings in this world. Now, sometimes it will be in your best interest to do so. Again, people have biases either way here, right? Some people overshare and will just automatically, you know, truthfully answer any question in a potentially unnecessary amount of depth and detail, right? There are also people who have the opposite problem and have a difficult time opening up even after years and years and years of, you know, a safe relationship with a person. Both extremes are limiting. And just like with letting things in, our goal with letting things out is 
to make a mindful decision every single time to not automatically go to one extreme or the other, but in each situation where there's a potential or where there's opportunity to share vulnerable information that we pause for a few seconds and consider some variables. Who is this person? Who is this person to me? That when I say who is this person, I don't mean what is their title. That can get you into a lot of trouble because if, if you ask yourself that question, who is this person? You say like, this person is my partner or my mom or my, my therapist, my doctor, my teacher, my coach. That's not who they are. That is their title. And there are certain titles in this world that imply safety. Some of the ones I did, police officer is another one. These are titles that in a perfect world would only be held by safe, responsible, unbiased people who have our best interests in mind. That's what would happen in a perfect world. We don't live in a perfect world. And there are people out there who hold every single one of those titles who are not safe people. There are people out there who have those titles who we absolutely should not open up to, who we should not share our inner world with. So do not base this decision on their title. Titles can be very misleading. You want to base this decision on who do I think this person is? And if you don't know who this person is, err on the side of caution. The third function of your psychosocial boundaries is to delineate what you will and will not do. So again, these are your rules for living. Where will I go? What will I do and for whom? Where am I going to be tomorrow? What am I going to do tomorrow? What am I not going to do tomorrow? These are my rules. And these are a part of my boundary. If someone called me up to me, like tomorrow, I have some family stuff planned, right? Really important family stuff that I am not willing to let go. And so if someone called me up tomorrow and said, hey, I could really use your help moving today. Is there any way you could help me out? My answer would be no, because I already have something that is a very, very high priority for me happening tomorrow. That's another thing that your boundaries allow you to do is to determine where will I be? what will I do? Who will I be with? And essentially just what are the rules of engagement for you? You might have boundaries that if certain people are present, you will not be present. And again, this goes back to what we started talking about at the very beginning. Let's say it's a family gathering, okay? And let's say there's someone in your family who you just cannot coexist with peacefully. You cannot necessarily force whoever is hosting this particular family gathering to not allow that person to come because it's not your gathering and it's not at your home. So you don't set the rules for that environment, but you do set the rules for yourself. And so what you can do is you can say, if this person is present, I will not be present. That is your boundary, and that you absolutely have autonomy over because you get to decide where you go and what you do. So you can use your boundaries to tell people what will happen in your relationship with them if they do certain things. That won't necessarily stop them from doing those things, but it will keep you safe from their decisions if they choose to do what you believe is the wrong decision. That is a way that your boundaries can keep you safe. They can insulate you from other people by keeping you out of situations or keeping you away from people or or substances, right? I won't be I won't be there if people are drinking. That's a boundary. You can't stop people from drinking. 
people are going to drink sometimes. But you can decide if you will be present while they are drinking. You absolutely have control over that. You can't stop people from smoking weed. But you can decide if you will allow yourself to be present while they're smoking weed or if that's an environment that isn't a good fit for you. If that's not in alignment with your goals, with your values, with the direction you think your mental health needs to take, you control yourself and boundaries are how you do it. So with those three functions of boundaries in mind, I also want to talk about some different biases or boundary styles that we can have. And I've, I've kind of alluded to these a little bit already, but I want to go into more detail here. Sometimes our boundaries are too uh, porous or or light or or minimal. In other words, sometimes our boundaries let a lot in and they let a lot out and there isn't much screening or containment happening. So uh, the examples I gave of you know myself as an adolescent, for example, my boundaries were were very minimal, bordering on non-existent. I really didn't have the ability to maintain my own standards, maintain my own values, um, make my own decisions do what I wanted to do, believe what I wanted to believe. Again, it was just whatever's happening around me. Okay, that's that's what I think. That's what I believe. That's what I do. I basically let other people control me. Other people have boundaries that are too strong. And, and that might not seem like it makes sense at first, but it is a real thing. So think about a person who just walls themselves off from the world you know, completely. Um, that doesn't mean they won't ever spend time with people. It doesn't mean they don't have relationships. It doesn't mean they don't talk to people, but it means that there's there's a consistent wall between this person and everybody else. And there's not a lot of emotional reciprocity. There's not a lot of back and forth with feelings. Um, so this person's mostly going to just be having you know, surface level small talk with people, even people who have been in their lives for a long time, You know, even their best friend, even their partner, even their therapist, maybe, if they have a therapist. I've worked with people who it has taken me a very, very long time to start having conversations with any real depth. And those are people who probably because of experience they've, they've had in life, usually because of you know hurt or abuse or neglect, they've learned to just build these walls up over time. And they've learned that it's just safer to not let anything in because other people will hurt me and to not let anything out also because other people will hurt me. So I'm just going to maintain my separation from the world and keep myself safe. And, and it does work in the sense that it keeps you safe. It will keep you safe from the pain and the wounding that can come from vulnerability. It will also keep you very lonely and isolated. And it's not typically sustainable long-term. A third boundary style is something called a pendulum boundary style. And this is when people, you know, a pendulum is like the thing in a clock that goes back and forth, right? So a pendulum boundary style means you kind of alternate between the two extremes that I just described. You maybe overshare or have a relationship that moves really quickly or, or let someone in, you know, to a really major degree and, and it goes bad. It goes really bad and you get hurt and it's tough to come back from. And when you finally come back from this hurt, you say to yourself, never again, never again. That was a mistake. I've learned my lesson. From now on, I'm just gonna keep people away. And you go more towards that overbounded style and you do that for a while and it does succeed at keeping you safe, but that loneliness just eats away at you 
And every day that passes, you feel more and more isolated from other people, more and more isolated from the rest of the world. You start to get that feeling where you can be in a room full of people. You can be at a party. You can be at a family gathering. You can be at a bookstore. You can be at a coffee shop. And you physically see the other people there and you feel nothing other than just their physical proximity. And that hurts just as bad. It's a different kind of hurt. It's not better. It's just different. And it eats away at you. And so eventually you say, this isn't working. I can't live like this. I need, I need a connection to somebody. And in fact, I am so lonely and I've been so lonely for so long that I need a deep connection to somebody and I need it to happen fast. So you force it. You, you move too quickly in a relationship and it doesn't work and it hurts. And you say, nope, I was right before. I'm going back in my castle. This was a bad idea that was the right way to live. And you just keep kind of going back and forth between these two extremes. And the fourth style I want to highlight is what's called a hybrid style. Sometimes people kind of take extremes from each. So, you know, we talked about letting things in versus letting things out, right? There are people who have a very difficult time not letting things in. So they're very affected by the thoughts, the behaviors, the feelings of other people around them. When it comes to screening things that are coming in their boundaries very weak but they won't let anything out they 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 have a difficult time being vulnerable or sharing even you know basic information about their lives and so when it comes to containment and what they let out their boundary is too strong and they kind of have a mix of either but it's not they're not switching back and forth like with the pendulum they just have some of each some of each extreme the fifth boundary style is a healthy boundary and this is honestly the hardest one to define because you might be thinking, well, it's probably the middle, right? It's, it's just, you know, it's the happy medium. It's the midpoint between those extremes. It actually isn't. Well, I, I shouldn't say it isn't. It isn't automatically that. So if you think of those extremes we just described as being the two endpoints of a continuum, right? And there's a theoretically infinite number of points in between, a healthy boundary isn't necessarily the middle. With some people, it might be the middle. A healthy boundary is the ability to traverse the entire continuum depending on relationship and circumstance. In other words, there is no boundary. There's, there's no exact right place to set these access points to yourself, basically, that's going to work in every single relationship you have. There's no one strategy. There's no one style that's always going to result in the best possible outcome for you. So a healthy boundary is the ability to set that boundary depending on who this person is and what they're doing and what's going on. For example, you may have one or more people in your life who just aren't very safe. And you know that can mean a lot of things, right? It could mean they're abusive. It could mean they're mean. It could mean they're not trustworthy. There's a lot of different ways people can be unsafe. But maybe you have one or more people in your life who are unsafe, who you cannot completely get away from. Maybe it's a parent and you still live at home. Maybe it's a boss and you haven't found a new job yet. Maybe it's a partner and you're planning an exit, but you can't, you know, whatever it may be. Sometimes we have to have some level of involvement or engagement with people who aren't safe, who, who don't care about us, who don't treat us properly or appropriately. And in those relationships, 
you need that overly strong, but you, you, you need those castle walls, right? You want to let as little in and as little out with that type of person as possible. So what we would typically describe as a pathological or unhealthy boundary style in that situation actually becomes a healthy boundary. It is the right approach for dealing with that person. There may also be people in your life who you really can trust with just about anything, right? Who you really can let those walls down with. And for those people, maybe you want to get to the point where things can just kind of go in and out and you don't have to stop and think all the time because you trust this person because this person has shown you enough that you believe you can have that level of emotional and informational reciprocity with them. And those relationships can be so wonderful when you get to that point where you don't have to constantly screen every single thing all the time. You want to be able to get to that point with people if you have people in your life who have earned that from you. Don't force it, but do allow people to earn that from you. And I know that can be hard if you've been through abuse or trauma. I know it can be really hard and I, I we could spend hours talking about that. It would be a whole nother topic, but I'm just going to keep it short for today and say, if you have people like that in your life, try to take advantage of that. I don't mean take advantage of them. I mean, utilize that. You have this wonderful resource. If you have safe people in your life, not everyone has that. Some people don't. Okay. So you have this wonderful resource in your life that could do so much good for you but you have to be able to take advantage of it. If you can't take advantage of it, it doesn't produce any value in your life. So a healthy boundary, just to reiterate, is constantly changing and evolving. And it's probably, it's, it's gonna be different in every relationship that you have. It's, it's not gonna be, I'm this way with all people because not everyone in your life is the same. Not everyone in your life deserves the same amount of access to you. And that is ultimately what your boundaries with people should be based on. You should decide how much you will let in, how much you will let out, and what you will do, what you will or won't do with them, for them, et cetera, based on who they, as a unique individual, have shown themselves to be to you over time. With a stronger emphasis on recent behavior, because people can and do change. Sometimes people work on themselves. Sometimes people at one point in our lives maybe weren't great. Maybe they did some stuff that was really hurtful, but maybe they've really done some work and maybe they now have the ability to be a more supportive person to us, a safer person to us. And if we don't allow that, we miss out. We miss out on what could be a stronger, better, healthier relationship. Unfortunately, the opposite can also happen. Sometimes People are really good to us for a while, and then they stop being good to us. Sometimes it's because that was fake. Sometimes that was just them putting on an act. Other times it's because people change, right? Something Maybe something happened in their lives that changed who they are and how they see the world and what their values are. And they used to be really good to us, and now they're not. And that, I know that's a tough one, but you got to look out for it. You got to have a radar up for it. Because if you treat people based on who they used to be and not who they are today, you're going to get hurt over and over and over again. I don't want that for you. So I hope that you can take some of these principles, apply them to your life, and have healthier boundaries with those around you. It can make 
a massive difference. Take care.